it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, let me ask you this. Did we expect to win that game? Yeah. We did, and that's exactly what we did. Because we built that f***ing way. Everything we talked about was how it went down. We had to be patient, man. Offense, we go all the way down and score. Defense, we need a takeaway. We come out at halftime, we get a huge takeaway. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Told you guys we're built for this We can overcome anything as long as you guys just and hang with it. We got a ton to clean up when we get back. But until then, enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys. Welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, joined by Ben Raven as always. We are the Lions beat here at MLive. And that was, of course, Dan Campbell um, moments after um, the Lions 21 to 20 win against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's still a remarkable thing to think about, Ben, what, what this team you know, accomplished here. I mean, on Thursday night, it's Friday morning right now. We're in our hotel rooms in Kansas City <laughs> trying to bang this thing out, um, trying to make sense of, of what we just saw. But clearly uh, uh, an emotional statement sort of win from from Detroit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just it's just one of those things when you're watching Patrick Mahomes and you're looking at the clock and it's fourth and 25 and you're like, this guy's still going to find a way to do this. He's still going to find a way to make the play, but – yeah, it, it's been an unbelievable night. It, it feels like it just happened two hours ago. That's probably because the Lions beat at MLive has slept a combined 25 minutes, and I represent all of those minutes. So, But no, just, uh, I mean, a statement win showed they belonged in the spotlight once again. I mean, closing the season under the lights in the final NFL game of the season and then opening the year in the first NFL game of the regular season, I mean – that's that's uh that ain't no fraud. This team ain't no fraud, and they've proven that. I mean, they've they've got the last two regular season NFL wins on the books. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one game, so I really am trying to hold back maybe some of the big picture stuff, like them being for real and stuff. Um, you know, who knows how many games they're gonna win? I mean, you could have injuries. I mean, all kinds of things can happen in the NFL season. We don't even know how how good the Chiefs are yet. The Chiefs were without. Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones in this game, two of their three best players. At the same time, they still had Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> who makes that team go. And the Lions got seven straight third-down stops in the second half. I mean, I, I I don't know how many times it's ever happened to Patrick Mahomes in his career, and I, I think that says something. The way they were able to answer Ben in this game, 
says something, the way they were able to come through in the end with big plays, the pick six from Brian Branch, the go-ahead drive in the fourth quarter, the big pass to 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 Josh Reynolds when really the deep ball wasn't going all day. And then all of a sudden you hit pops midway through the fourth quarter, David Montgomery plowing into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown. And then you get the defensive stops on the other end down the stretch once again to put this thing away. There's just so much to like about what the Lions were able to do in this game even when they weren't playing their best. Like I said, the downfield passing wasn't working. They weren't scoring enough points. I mean, really, I think the offense was had a down night for what we're accustomed to seeing from those guys. And yet, and yet they were still able to win this game against the reigning champs on the road at Arrowhead. Yeah. And I mean, you need bounces to go your way against the chiefs and Kadarius Tony gave the lions a lot of good bounces last night, this morning, whatever it was. I mean, seriously, you have to have some luck when you beat a team like the Chiefs on the road. I mean, Tony drops a touch, uh, not a, t- a possible touchdown. Of would have put him in field goal range there late in the fourth quarter. I think it was, and just I mean, he he dropped that that photo's going viral. I mean, the ball is in his hands, and it's just the caption. This was a pick six. So I mean, just like just a frustrating day for him. But yeah, the offense it kind of really took the running game until that fourth quarter. It felt like until like those final like two drives, the running game was just like running into a wall. You know, Gibbs flashed that electricity. He fell down the one time when he had a wide open lane on the outside, but man, he made up for it. I think it was first or second and 15 and he broke two or three tackles and I asked him how the heck he did that. And he's like, dude, I got no idea. I just kept running. I just kept spinning 18 yards. And then Montgomery, I mean, scores the go-ahead touchdown, and then runs three times in a row to move the chains to set up the victory formation. I mean, what does it do for your mentality? First game with this new team, go-ahead touchdown against the defending champs on the road. Like, Yeah, I just want to show those guys that, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm capable of doing great things. And, you know, I keep I want to prove myself to them so that they, you know, trust me and they know that I'm, you know, different and I can do a lot of things. And I want those guys to be able to lead on me when they have to. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't always clicking. It wasn't always the high-powered Ben Johnson vertical attack, like you said. Both both of their biggest plays of the day went to Josh Reynolds. So, yeah, some kinks to work out for sure. But, um, man, to beat the Chiefs with a go-ahead touchdown in the final five minutes on the road, to have Aiden Hutchinson play the way he played, and just to get some of those bounces, I mean, it's hard not to feel super optimistic about this team because we already did feel optimistic, and we had them both losing this game. So it's just like, yeah, arrows up. Well, you could see the you can see the growth. I mean, there was a time, and that time wasn't so long ago, where you know the offense had to be prolific for the Lions to have a chance to to win a game. I mean, they had some of the NFL's worst ever defenses in the last few years. Last year, they were last in the league. You know, it like there's a reason they went nine and eight despite having a top five offense. And now they have the capability to win games in different ways. And that is what good teams in the NFL do because nobody can sustain success every single, every single week. And if you have such a glaring weakness, you're always going to be inconsistent. And it really feels like they have a better balance between offense and defense. I mean, the the complementary components in this game between, between what those two sides of the ball were able to do. And then of course the fake punt, which we haven't even got to yet, basically manufacturing a scoring drive in the first half. Um, I think it shows the growth of where this team is at now. And that, that to me, Ben, is a big reason why I think this team can contend this year. I, I don't know. Again, I, I picked them to win 12 games. That's a lot. Who knows? But they look like a team that should be contending. And in the, in, the, you know, in the North, they should be in it because um, that division is wide open. And we saw tonight a team that can 
can win on the road, can win against good teams, and they can do it even when they have their biggest strength being taken away from them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something I was super encouraged by was the run defense. And I know that's not what you want to talk about against the Chiefs, but both Chiefs running backs were bottled up. I think Pacheco had a 2.9 average. Yeah, there it is. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't much better. Six carries for 22 yards. You know, Patrick Mahomes was making some magic on his feet, but, like, that run defense was there. I mean, it was... I was pretty encouraged by the defense. I thought the linebacker core, I mean, they got some kinks to work out. They got to settle into that rotation. But Alex Anzalone was, man, he picked up where he left off on last year. I really, I've been really impressed by him because we talk about being down on guys like Jared Goff when they first got here. Man, I was down on Alex Anzalone when he first got here. And he just quarterback hit, big pass deflection, six tackles. I mean, just, and then Jack Campbell, the rookie, I mean, didn't start. It was Derek Barnes out of the gate like we expected. But, man, that diving PBU on that shot to Tony that could have gone for a big chunk play. I mean, just the defense, man. The defense kept making plays. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was living in the backfield. And and Alliance fans and the NFL world was freaking out about the Chiefs' right tackle jumping off sides every down. But it didn't freaking matter because Hutchinson had this guy in a blender. I mean, I cannot wait to see how many pressures he got credited with by the folks at Pro Football Focus because I think he had three three or four quarterback hits. I mean, he was all over the place i mean you saw your your the people you think are going to be your stars playing like stars on both sides of the ball and that that's just super encouraging i mean you you force patrick mahomes to go 0 for 7 on third down in the second half like you said that that's that's beautiful work from your secondary no matter how many lucky bounces you're getting i mean that's just the things i needed to see to feel better about this team i saw i mean this they beat the reigning champs 21-20. I, I, it's just still just like, my goodness, they actually won that game. I mean, I've seen some dog bleep football the last four and a half years on this beat, and I'm just like, my God, like, they're only, this is the third season of this regime, and they're starting like that. It's just, uh, it's hard to put into words, for sure. Something else that's hard to put into words, but I guess it's our job to, <laughs> is um, the the scene uh, in yeah. Kansas City. I mean, I've, it's so I've, I've been on the Lions beat for I guess ten years now, and um, because they had the London game with Kansas City a few years ago, they hadn't actually played in Kansas City. It's like one of the two stadiums I hadn't been to yet. But I mean, it's it's legendary. Everyone knows it as a very difficult place to play. You know, the bleachers rattle between your you know underneath your feet, and it was crazy, Ben. To see at the end of that, first of all, to see the number of Lions fans who were there, even like pregame and stuff. And there was a really good helping of blue in the stands. And then at the end of the game, Ben, to hear the chants of let's go Lions, let's go Lions. So loud you could hear on the TV. Dan Campbell heard it on the field, like didn't even know what to make of it because all everyone knows is how tough and rough uh, Arrowhead is. And the Lions came in here, won that game, and... Ben, like the fans showed out like in a in a big way. No, absolutely. And I mean, multiple players we talked to in the locker room commented on the fans without even being asked about it. Dan Campbell, I believe, called it a sea of blue. And I mean, it was, man. I mean, that two-minute warning hit, the Chiefs got all three timeouts and their fans are piling out of that building as the Lions fans in attendance are screaming, let's go Lions. I mean, that's just uh, an unbelievable thought. I just... Um, 
I asked I, Josh Reynolds. I remember asking him about it. Man, it was amazing. Like I said, like because you're going against the, the great Pat Mahomes. He's one of the greatest in the NFL right now. And to shock him, you know, and then do put on for your city, Detroit, and like the team played together. Man, that's what felt great. So I ran around the whole stadium, man, down every line. Because there was so much blue. I mean, I walked around the tailgate area before the game and it's just like, man, there's University of Michigan tents set up. There's Lions tents. There's a Lions flag flying in the foreground of the Chiefs logo on the stadium. I mean, I know you ran into some fans in Kansas City on my flight, connector flight to Charlotte. Some Lions fan in first class hopped on the intercom and started singing Gridiron Heroes as a solo. And it's just like, this is unbelievable. Y'all have been tortured for 60 years and you travel like this and you take over like the most revered NFL stadium in week one on the night where the Chiefs get their rings and hand a new banner. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, showing up. And um, I mean, just it was it was a tree. It was a sea of purple during the game and it was a sea of blue the last five minutes. Uh, just super impressive. I saw pregame, not one, but two Joey Harrington jerseys, <laughs> which I found amusing. And I think it speaks to Lions fandom too, right? I mean, it's a unique thing. It's not like being a fan of any other team in all of sports, really. Um, you know, it, it, this is a team that has lost for the better part of 70 years. And <laughs> the depths are so deep. And, the you know, I mean, the just the sense of humor people have, that fans have with, with some of the – I mean, to wear Joe Harrington jersey in 2023, <laughs> I think it says a lot about someone's sense of humor. Um, but Ben, the, on Wednesday night, the night before the game here in Kansas City, I went to uh, a barbecue spot, uh, you know, as one is wont to do in Kansas City. And um, I heard at least, well, let, let's just listen in. I, I, I At one point, I heard a couple of times, and at one point, I pulled up my phone with my grubby hands from the barbecue. Actually, I couldn't even get the passcode in at first because my hands were too <laughs> disgusting. Um, but listen in to, to what I heard downtown Kansas City. Yeah, that's it's strange. It's strange. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I guess for me, Ben, like just to, to bring this conversation full circle, you know, I, I don't know how good the Lions will be this year. I, like it's it is just one win. It is a one win against a team without two of its three best players. Like I really do I'm trying to temper like the you know the overreaction Monday, if you will, or overreaction Friday, whatever. Um, but for a team like the Lions that has lost forever, like a win like this, it does mean a lot it, it builds credibility in what they're doing uh particularly in dan campbell his message is obviously getting through to players and his fearlessness his aggression um that's his personality and it's the way that he coaches it's like strategically the way that he coaches but it also in personality trickles down to the players and now we hear it from the players we hear i mean this isn't the same old detroit like uh, cj garner johnson said 
This one means that this ain't the same Detroit. I keep, I keep reiterating that, bro. Winners know what winners look like. This team is full of winners. And being on teams that's been successful, I'm just happy to be a part of guys when to play ball and go out there and get a W. No matter what, who on, who out on the field, what's on the clock, who on the other side, these guys gonna fight. We all gonna fight. They've said all offseason, we expect to win the division. Like Brad Holmes, a matter of days before the season started, said that it was very likely that the Lions were going to win the division. I mean, like this is a team that is talking big and believing big. And to come out on opening night and to win a game like this, yeah. I mean, you can only play the game in front of you. And they came out and played against the defending champs on their turf, on their terms, and beat the hell out of them. And they, they really beat up Patrick Mahomes, particularly in the second half. And I think – for me, that's what this game is about, and it really set. It did send a, a statement about the hype and how um, real that hype is. No, absolutely, and I mean, as you said, it's one game, and I mean, then there's a big barometer test up next week by a team they lost forty five forty two something like that last year in the Seahawks, and also the team that stole that final NFC playoff spot. So there's like, there's more, there's more on the line. I mean, like you said, it's one game. It's a long, long, long season, and this is a big win. This is the type of win that if the Lions make the playoffs is going to be remembered as that moment that was like a stepping stone. I mean, seriously, it's a young upstart team taking down the game's best player, the game's best coach, arguably not named Bill Belichick with Andy Reid on the other side. It's just a that's a moment. And I mean, I I, I just uh, gosh, you know, I kept looking at that line and like, my goodness, I know Kelsey's out. I know Chris Jones is chilling in a booth watching the game, rubbing his hands together every time David Montgomery runs five yards up the gut. But just like this is a this is a this is something I mean, this is still a super young team. And I had to kind of like, man, this is still so far ahead of where we expected them to possibly be when this new regime got hired a couple years ago. And I don't want to get out of myself either. But like, Patrick Mahomes is a freaking magician, and they forced him 0-7 on third down. And that's the third time we've said that because it's unbelievable, and I still don't believe it. It's just, uh, gosh, you know, you know, the edge depth was there. I was just impressed with the defense. It just, like I said, I just saw a lot of the things that I was looking to see this team make growth with, and it's all on the defensive side of the ball. I have faith that the offense will figure it out, get those new pieces rolling. But, yeah, it's just – it's just uh, what an exciting time to be on this beat. What an exciting time to follow this team. We talked about the good stuff. Um, what sort of concerns do you have about the team going into week two? Uh, I think there's a few out there in particular. I think the pass rush was very good with with. Um, with Aiden Hutchinson, I think it was very non-existent generally outside of Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and I think that's a concern, especially with how many double teams Hutch saw last year. And with the guys around him, Charles Harris, Josh Pascal, I know Pascal had a big TFL on third down, but in terms of the pass rush, it really wasn't there. And again, it's Patrick Mahomes. He moves really well. He's the best quarterback in the planet, one of the best ever. So I would expect to see better results going forward. But I there were so many plays, Ben, where Mahomes had all day to throw, including on the first touchdown pass. No, my big concern, I mean, I'm not trying to throw dirt on the secondary, but those Chiefs receivers put a lot of plays on the ground, and that group coming in next week ain't going to do that. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, sounds like the Ohio State rookie is going to be available too. So it's just like 
how's the secondary fair against a big boy receiver group? You know, I mean, nothing against the Chiefs, but that's a lot of dynamic pieces, a lot of undersized, speedy, dynamic pieces without the engine that really makes that group go. So it's just like, all right, how do you handle a freaking nature like DK Metcalf? How do you handle an all around stud like Tyler Lockett? And I mean, Geno Smith, say what you will about his career arc, but he was one of the best deep ball specialists in the game last year. So it's just like, all right. What happens when you don't get favors from Kadarius Tony? What happens when you don't get favors from Sky Moore? I, I mean, can you cover up those gaps? I mean, there, there's there's some holes to fix for sure because, like I said, they got some bounces going their way, and they got lucky a couple times because they're. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was dropping dime buckets as you would expect him to drop, and I mean, that's just not going to keep going your way every single week. Yeah, last time I checked, Kadarius Tony does not also play for the Seattle Seahawks, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're twice. Man, that guy had. Awful night. <laughs> yeah, minus one receive, minus one rushing yard, one receiving yard, like one catch on a couple targets, just brutal. You just, yeah, yeah, MVP. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I I think one thing that I am concerned about too, and I, I don't know how serious it is, but uh, I caught up with Taylor Decker coming out of the locker room. He didn't want to talk on the record about anything, but he was in a walking boot, so. You know, he, he did finish the game, so that's that's a good sign. Um, but he's clearly maintenancing something right now, and he's been a full go at, at practice. So I, I, I think it's an injury he suffered in this game. I don't think it's, uh, you know, a pre-existing issue. And so that'll be something to watch. The good news is they have, I don't know, what, 10, 11 days before they play again. They have the extra rest because of the Thursday night game. So that should help Decker um, get back on the field with whatever he's dealing with. But uh, certainly one thing to watch because there's a huge – drop off as we saw in the preseason from Taylor Decker on the left side and Penesu on the right side to what they have in Matt Nelson and the rest of the reserves. Yeah, that's uh I mean that was the one thing that we were speculating about all camp and preseason was oh my God, if something happens to those tackles, like the rest of the NFL, it's an NFL problem. There's like no offensive line depth past starters, but yeah, I, I good call on that. Good memory on that. I almost forgot that one. Yeah, I saw Frank go up to Taylor. You all right? You all right? And just talking him out about it and just he was trying to get the heck out of there. So I'm glad you grabbed him for a second. But yeah, this it'd be fascinating to see what happened there. But yeah, that 10 days rest, that's good news for Frank Ragnow's toe. That's good news for Taylor Decker and whatever he's dealing with. And that's, uh, yeah, they came out mostly uh, other than that unscathed, you know, Levi cramping, Brian Branch cramping. That branch injury was a little freaky in the moment just because it was a jump and land and go to the ground. So that's a that was the best case scenario on him because, man, what an impressive interception that kid made. I mean, the one handed off the tip, take it to the house. And it was just one of those moments where he goes to the ground and you're like, holy crap, is this coming for this team again here? But yeah, other than Decker, you know, made out pretty well on the health report with a with a long time to recover in the NFL world. Ten days. That feels like forever. It'll be interesting to see what the Lions do with Jimmer Gibbs in week two. Um, I really liked what I saw from him in the opener. They were clearly trying to spoon feed him. Uh, maybe is the way to put it. I because he was so active and so involved in the in the offense during camp and and um, and in the opener. You know, I don't know what his snap count was, but he only had nine touches, and it, it felt very like conscious, like that they were just trying to pick their spots with him. But then when he touched the football, good things happened. I mean, he was he just you can just see he the guy's electricity out there on the field and um obviously i think the the idea is to ramp him up and having more of a, a co-share in the backfield with david montgomery who you know i think i just like the complimentary parts that they have i mean montgomery man he did some really hard running between the tackles in this game wasn't always easy going there weren't a lot of holes i would say early on 
and then there was some daylight in the second half and he was able to be successful, particularly in the situational stuff with the eight yard go ahead touchdown uh, run. He had the the three late runs to solve away whatever chance they had that Kansas City had in the end to get Patrick Mahomes back on the field. Um, and the Lions were able to end this one in victory formation. So lots to like, I think, in the embryonic stages of the running game, but clearly there's like so much more um, to explore here going in week two. Yeah, they didn't put their cards on the table. Yeah, I was uh, definitely shocked. I mean, Gibbs, I think it was, I just looked at it because I was getting ready to do snap counts. I think he had 18 or 19 snaps, and that was that's the same as Khalif Raymond. And no offense to Khalif Raymond, but I was, I was, you know, they didn't show other cards tonight. That's the way I'll put it. They didn't, we didn't see a lot of those Montgomery Gibbs packages together. Montgomery wasn't involved in the passing a game much. I mean, there's still, there's still a lot to unfold about this offense, but I think it is pretty safe to assume that as long as Gibbs is healthy, he'll never play fewer than 20 snaps again because, I mean, he moves. He's a, he's move. He can go side to side. He is fast. And, I mean, I, my, every time I check Twitter or X or whatever the heck they want to call it now, people were freaking out. I mean, one guy, if you guys don't ask why they didn't you Gibbs more, I lose all respect for you. So the fan base is definitely <laughs> looking for Gibbs a little more. So there's just a uh, – there's just a couple extra pages of that playbook we're waiting to see for sure because uh, it was uh, super interesting. Yeah, Montgomery, 21 carries, 74 yards, Gibbs, nine touches on 19 snaps. That's going to be a little more evened out moving forward. I feel confident in saying that. The Lions are 1-0. and First time since 17. Exactly. <laughs> and they did it against the defending champs. Um, you know, we're not sitting here saying they're going to be 17 and 0, but clearly the hype that we have been talking about, the, the depth that we've been talking about throughout camp, you and I have been on this podcast over at M Live. I mean, people are starting to see it. You know, we read every day about Brian Branch, and then he goes out there and picks sixes uh, with one hand in his, in his in his rookie debut. I mean, Lions hadn't had a pick six from a rookie in his debut since the 60s. I mean, like that's uncommon stuff, and we've seen uncommon stuff from Brian Branch. Um, you know, it's like clearly been like the, the, the Lions are in a very good place right now. There's a lot of credibility to the hype that's been building around them. Another one and oh, and they got a tough one, and they're coming back home for what I mean, it's going to be an insane home opener. Um, the Rafters are going to come off that place uh, next week against Seattle. Um, ben, as we bid adieu here in the wee hours of, of uh, I don't know, whatever morning this is, uh, maybe we can can part with some some sounds from the locker room. It was just um, you know, a, a big night for Detroit, uh, for their, their fans. Um, and inside that locker room, those guys were really feeling it. So uh, here's some, some audio from those guys in a jubilant Lions victorious Locker room to pull this out to come out here in seven years to have won an opener to break that barrier is another amazing part. So, um, I'm just excited and I'm happy, but eventually, we just got to move on from this one and go to the next one. But right now, we're gonna celebrate. We capitalize. Field position, stops, score points. Feel good because now, now, now we can block y'all a lot and keep it pushing. <laughs> y'all see what we can do. Now we can block out the noise and keep it pushing and keep playing football. You get you get a coach like that who ballsy and you know let his nuts hang a little bit. Uh, you know it's big to be a part of that. So being able to see how he calls stuff and you know be you know what I'm saying super confident and it works. So we capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Thanks, sir. Great one, baby. Start away. Thanks, sir. It's gonna be a good plan ride home. Yeah, it's a great one.
This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of MLive's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again. <laughs>